Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the ALS Association Greater Philadelphia Chapter Podcast. My name is Tony Heil, your Director of Communications here at the Greater Philadelphia Chapter, and I want to start by thanking you for listening and getting involved in the fight against ALS. Before we get into today's podcast, I want to tell you that you can learn more about our events, including our many Walk to Defeat ALS events, which are coming up very soon. We're into spring, and we have three walks in Lakewood, New Jersey, uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, and Northeast PA, which is our first walk there. You can find all of those at www.alsphiladelphia.org, and you can go right to the Walk to Defeat ALS logo and find there. There's many other things you can do on our website as well, Uh, but when it comes to our walks and many other events, they they aren't successful without having a lot of volunteers, walkers, uh, donors, and of course sponsors. Today we're really happy to talk to Tom Giordano, who is from the law firm Pond Lahaki Stern Giordano. And if you're in the Philadelphia area, you've probably seen one of their signs or billboards everywhere. Uh, it's a very easy name to remember, that's for sure. Um, and I, I literally passed three signs on my way to my own train station to get down here today, which is good. Um, so I'm excited to talk to Tom. Again, you can go on our website to find out more about what we do. And of course, follow us on social media, all at ALS Philadelphia and pretty much every channel. We even have a Tumblr account, which we never update. So, but what we are going to update is our conversation with Tom. So, Tom, thank you for taking time for your very busy schedule. It's my pleasure, Tony. Thank you. Um, speak up. Okay. So, um, you are getting involved in the fight against ALS, and your law firm, and you specifically, are helping out with our Greater Philadelphia Walk to Defeat ALS as a sponsor. Um, tell us why ALS is important to you. Um, well... In 1990, I lost my uncle, my, my father's brother, John, to ALS. Um, so ALS has had a very close connection to our family. It really affected our family. Uh, it was my father's older brother, his best friend. Um, you know how you have that cool uncle where, you know, that uncle who just does everything with you, was fun. Um, he always wore the leather jacket. I mean, I have the fondest memories of my uncle John. Uh, before ALS really mm-hmm. affected him. And to see the man that he was um, so full of life when I was younger and then to see what the disease did to him really, really affected the family. And yeah. it stuck with me for you know, my whole life. And how? And so he passed away in 1990. He did. And how long did he live with ALS? Just a short time, I assume. I was young. Yeah. Um, I believe it was just a couple of years. You're young now. Yeah, I'm young now. I was even younger then. Um, That's how that works. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, and, and I just, I remember it It came on pretty quickly, yeah. like, it, like it normally does. And things just started getting a little worse and a little worse. And there was less movement with his hands and, and less speaking. And then it went to, you know, he was essentially completely paralyzed. Right. Um, where my father and his wife and our family would have to do everything for him. Um, and, that, you know, I, I don't think I appreciated it then. On what, how it affects everybody else. I mean, obviously, I saw how it affected my uncle, and um, it changed them completely. But it, it really affected the family too, and it was it was tough. And it, I don't really talk about it much. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about it today, and getting myself upset about it because I I didn't, I guess I didn't as a kid, as a ten year old, appreciate you know what kind of a major effect that had on everybody. Well, let's give you a little bit of credit as a ten year old, first of all. <laughs> right. uh, but secondly. You know, as a young person, you're obviously you're telling a story that makes sense because you're you're talking about how your uncle was very cool 
and from what I'm getting from you is ALS took away who he was. Yeah. You know, he still was himself underneath there, but there are all these things you like to do with someone. And, you know, it's ALS isn't a disease that directly impacts children. Children don't necessarily get ALS, right. but it makes a big difference on young people. It, it made a huge difference. And, you know, what it's done, I think, for me as a lawyer who helps people with disabilities is it, it always reminds me to remember about not just the person who I'm representing, but the family as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it definitely has had, had a profound effect on my life. Yeah. Um, and, and whenever ALS, is, ever have a client with ALS, it, it always, for me, just makes me think about my uncle and, and obviously makes me want to try to help as best I can. Uh, that's important. And I think, you know, there's a, people hear about lawyers on TV, and there's a couple shows about lawyers on TV. <laughs> there's a few. <laughs> but they don't realize that people get into the kind of law that you do for good reasons. You know, you, yeah. you don't just come up one day and say, I'm going to be a lawyer. So did his disease kind of impact you in terms of, you know, I'm sure at 10 you weren't <laughs> dressing up in a suit saying I'm going right. to be a lawyer. Right. But were you thinking later on, like, I want to help people? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that, to me, why I love the job as much as why I love it so much is because I do get to help people. I mean, legitimately, I think a lot of people say they, they are helping people, mm-hmm. but I and my staff and my attorneys, we only represent people who have illnesses, who are, who are sick, who are unable to work, and really at the bottom. Um, you don't call me. I always tell this to my attorneys. You don't call us when you're happy and healthy. You call us when you have an illness or a disease or an injury that's keeping you from providing for your family. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, the, that's really a rewarding aspect of my of my job. It, it also sometimes can get a little heavy too, as you can imagine. Um, you know, dealing we're dealing with illness and disease and sickness all the time, but we see it at the end when, when we can make a difference. It really is nice. So your job is to make sure that when someone has one of those diseases or um, something like that, um, that they're able to get the, the funds and they're able to get the things that they have earned that they deserve. Uh, through so, through disability yeah. and whatever else uh, in your purview, because yeah. your firm is pretty big. I, I was on almost three different floors today. <laughs> right. Um, but you're so like you said, they come to you, and it's not like oh, I think I might be sick in a few weeks. Right. They come to you in a time of stress. Yeah, absolutely. And you understand that from how it affected your family. Yeah. And social security disability is something that you don't necessarily need an attorney for. I mean, I'm very clear about that when I talk to people. I think what happens is your illness stress it all piles up and you need somebody to help you navigate mm-hmm. and that's where we come in um, but but one of the things that why this podcast is so important and why we're always speaking to a lot of different organizations education I, I don't know if everyone with L- ALS knows that there is social security disability now, right. one thing I will say is I, I've been on your website plenty of times you guys do an excellent job of explaining what social security is how it's available to you. My goal with doing things like this is just to get the word out that it's there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't know if people are thinking about what benefits they can get when they're, you know, when they have an illness like this. They're just thinking, how I got to survive. What's my next step? So I really want to educate people and tell them, hey, look, while you're going through this and you're not able to work, maybe we can get you some benefits that'll help at least take the stress off a little bit while you're going through. Well, and stress is such a big deal. I'm proud of the fact, just like you, I like that I go to work and feel like you're making a difference, um, and maybe not in the same direct way. But you know, over half of our staff is patient services related, 
And a lot of what they do is help people, families deal with stress and make sure they get a lot of the care they need because they don't, they come to you, they come to our nurses and they come to Brenda, our director of patient care, who you can listen to her podcast, by the way, check that out. But, um, they, they're like, what, what's going on here? They're just very frazzled. So with ALS and with what you do with disability is to kind of calm those nerves so that they can make the right decisions. Cause it can be very hard, very easy to make a wrong decision, no matter how smart you are. Yeah, we, we, we try. That's our goal. I never want a client to come to me and have more stress after they've come to me. Right. Like the goal is to alleviate as much stress as possible. And, and one thing I will say about the Social Security Administration, and they mm-hmm. don't always get compliments from people, especially from lawyers, uh, but for what they have done with ALS has been pretty impressive. And what I mean by that is typically an individual can wait anywhere from six months to three years to get a decision. Right. Well, they realize that, look, ALS is a serious, serious disease. And they realize that they shouldn't have to have somebody wait three years to get a decision. So they put it on what they call a compassionate allowance list. Right. Where you can potentially, if you have ALS and you have a diagnosis of ALS, get a decision almost in weeks, which that's a game changer. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, and, and so I will say right off the bat that, that – Social Security gets it when it comes to ALS. Not many people do, but but they do. Um, they understand that this has to be a quick decision process. And they didn't always get it. No. It came to the fact because of um, from our chapter and from chapters all across the country nationally advocated in Washington D.C. Uh, and so you're, you're pointing out from what you do that ALS advocacy makes a big difference in people's lives. It, absolutely. I I did some research, obviously knowing I was going to be speaking to you today. The foundation, what what the association did um, to to advocate for individuals with ALS, I, I believe is what changed the game mm-hmm. when it comes to Social Security disability. Um, not only compassionate allowances, there's a program called SSI for mm-hmm. for individuals who haven't worked. Um, they have presumptive disability benefits, so while they're waiting for a decision, they'll, they'll pay benefits. I mean, there was there's a few things you you even helped. When I say you, I, I mean you. No, I'll take all the credit. I'll take all the credit. Um, the, you know, the, the I've been there for five years, but I'll take the last right, right. 25 years of credit. You, you, most individuals, when they are found disabled, have to wait 24 months to get medical. Right. And we got that waived. I mean, that is that, that again, is a game changer yeah. when it comes to ALS. You, you get you found disabled, you're going to get Medicare immediately to help you pay for, as you know, the, the, the bills just pile up. I mean, the neurology bills, the testing bills. So to have... That happened so quickly. Uh, it's, it's. I think it's a direct result of great advocacy. So, for anyone listening, ALS Advocacy Days are May eighth to tenth. We go to Washington D.C. We have between forty and sixty people come from our chapter alone, and I'm really proud of the fact as the advocacy director that we have usually the biggest, one of the biggest chapters going down. So, you would tell people if you have a chance and you're able to. Get down to D.C. and work with advocacy because there's a lot that you can accomplish. I think I want to go. Well, we'd love to have you. Know, you. That'd be great. I, absolutely. I'm, I'm a, I, this, my, our firm is, is founded on advocating and fighting for our clients. And I think the synergy between our organizations, yeah. that, that we, we have the same you know, culture, the same belief. And it's important, actually, to have people like you who help with advocacy because, again, with what you do when people come to you and they're sick, they don't know what they don't know. Exactly. And it's a famous phrase, and people sometimes laugh at that, but it's the, the truth. So if you're able to talk to people who are going to be an advocate and tell their story, it's like, you know, here's what's important to tell a lawmaker. Because just like a lawyer, which people don't always appreciate, <laughs> you want you want to help. Lawmakers actually do want to help. Absolutely. That's why they go into the profession, usually. Yeah. It's, it's true. Um, 
And right now, I, I, I think other, you know, other organizations can look to what, what, the, what the ALS Association did and you know, take that as a playbook because, because really, I, you, you almost have expedited a process that could be the entire lifetime that somebody's left with ALS. I mean, yeah. you, you have. So, uh, you know, kudos. I can't, I can't give you enough credit for what you've done for patients with ALS and clients with ALS. Well, we appreciate that. Now, you are, your, your law firm is supporting the Walk to Defeat ALS. What made you decide to sponsor the Greater Philadelphia Walk? Because you could do a lot of things. Did something draw you to that event specifically? You know, it's funny. I, we, we had a list, I guess, of things we can do. We, we, it was just something we picked. We, we didn't really That's have a, good thing a to special pick. connection. Um, but it, it, I've always wanted to get more involved. Mm-hmm. And I, I think everybody will say that. You know, I want to do more. I want to do more. But uh, Gina, our marketing department, we were speaking about it. And the walk just seemed like it made sense. It was something we could do and get behind. Um, but, but obviously, we're open to a lot of different things as well. Well, we'd love to have your name and reputation on everything. We <laughs> we'll just start making up of it. Yeah, that's but, right. Exactly. But, you know, you, you make a – it's a simple thing to do. It's a, We have thousands of people that come to that walk specifically, right. Citizens Bank Park, and we hope that you'll be able to be there um, in November. So you decide to be a sponsor. Now, Eric Fosnacht is here. He's our chief development officer, uh, and I'm just putting him on the spot right now. <laughs> Eric, what does – a what does a walk sponsor do? How do they make the walk good? I mean, our walks really um, survive on the walkers who do fundraising for us and then the sponsors. So uh, walkers have um, you know, friends and family who they do fundraising to. It's mostly online and that kind of thing. But these walks wouldn't survive and thrive without a group of you know, corporate and other kind of sponsors who who really help um, our walks raise the money that they need so that we can keep our patient services running and our, and our research funded. Um, every year we have a relatively stable patient services type of budget, but of course there's inflation and so costs always go up, so we always new, need new people or new money into the mix for that. And then on the research side, you know, there's so many exciting things that are happening now because of the ice bucket challenge that happened a couple of years ago, year and a half. Um, but if the ice bucket challenge happened and then went away and then no research money were ever put in there, we could not sustain that research and those researchers who come up with great ideas and want to keep it going. And so, um, you know, the Greater Philadelphia Walk is our biggest walk. Uh, this firm, your firm, Pan Mahaki, Stern, Giordano, will have signage there, uh, T-shirts, um, you know, be on the T-shirt, um, on our website, all those kinds of things. Um, but then, like Tony said, some of the sponsors also, you know, attend the walk or, you know, have a little representation there. I was thinking about your uncle with his leather jacket. You'll see that at this walk, um, a lot of people have funny names yeah, really cool names t-shirts that kind of reflect who the person was that they may be working walking for so you know you could see like a leather jacket type thing yeah. or everybody wears leather jackets all that kind of stuff that's the type of thing that they do at the greater philadelphia walk yeah and you know like you said the teams really make the walk special but having sponsors come on and people see, like like you said when i got here i see those signs for your law from everywhere when people say oh that's part of our walk 
it kind of gives it more credibility. Like, oh, I know that I'm contributing to a walk that other people are. So your name adds value to the event. Correct. Yep. Great and this one is at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, we're uh, um, the official charity partner of the Phillies, um, and that's a great name and a great brand and a great organization. And so kind of bringing those types of groups together is, um, is something that we're very proud of doing as well. Yeah, I'm, hopefully you're very happy to be affiliated with the Phillies now. Absolutely, absolutely. More so in 2008. But uh, they, they, are you a, are you a Philly? Guy? I am. In fact, you know it's funny. They've always had a, a long connection with ALS. Right. When when we had a benefit from my uncle, again I was very young, uh, and a few Phillies showed up. Wow. Um, because they understood how important it was. You know, obviously with the mounting medical costs. And we had to revamp his entire house, put a ramp in, everything had to become wheelchair accessible. So we had a benefit, and, and the Phillies, even back in the late 80s, were, were willing to send some representatives over. So it's That's always, amazing. Yeah, I've always appreciated them for that. Yeah, you know, we talk about how the Phillies, you know, just like you're doing and other sponsors do, where you're not just putting your name on and walking away, which, you know, it's fine. Right. People do that, but they put their whole heart and soul into it, and I think... When people see a name from a company, even someone as great the Phillies, they don't realize how much is going into that. Absolutely. And it means a lot. It, it's been 26 years, and it's still making an impact on you know, what the Phillies did. Absolutely. And my father, my father talks about it all the time. Yeah. You know, who showed up at my, at my uncle's uh, benefit. That's, that's a great story. We'll have to let the Phillies know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure and, they know. And will. I need to get a team, by the way, because I think you just inspired me to, to form a team, um, a walk. I know I'm sure we have one as a firm, but I might have to do one for my family. Well, you can you can have two teams. Some people do that. Team, you can right, have right. you can have one team that's all uh, you know. You can pond the hockey, Stern, Giordano, support whatever. Right. You can do it however you want. There's that's a nice thing about the walk. There's a lot of creativity and flexibility with how you can do it. Yeah. Um, but you're going to be at the walk, and you want your law firm to be important. What do you hope that your law firm is going to be able to accomplish? I, I the, the number one thing is education. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I I understand how sometimes it can look when a lawyer is in an event, oh, he just wants business, he just wants business. I, I can promise you that where we're coming from is a, the most sincere place, especially because of the connection that I have with ALS. I simply want anyone who is dealing with ALS or any family member who is dealing with ALS to know that you have options for potential benefits should you need them. Right. Um, so that would be our number one goal. Mm-hmm. We want to educate as many people. I would love to have some ALS-specific handouts um, to give to walkers and walkers' families about know your rights, know your benefits, know, mm-hmm. know what benefits are out there. Because although I know statistically most individuals who, who, who have ALS are from maybe 40 to 60 years of age, you can still, if you're younger, you can still, there's SSI benefits, um, there's SSDI benefits. So there's a lot out there. There's a lot of different options for people. And if individuals have ALS, and they have children under the age of 18, those children may, may be entitled to benefits. So mm-hmm. there's really a monetary uh, benefit out there that I want these families to know exists. And, and, and they've paid into it. Right. Which I think is something that people forget about all the time. Every time we get paid, 6% of our paycheck is going into the Social Security Fund. And it's not just going to retirement. It's going to disability. It's going... For if something happens to you, you can't work. It's there for you. It's like a it's like a private disability policy. I just want people to know that it's there and that they pay for it and that it's an option. Because you don't want families to fall apart. Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, emotionally, 
things are going to get bad. We just know that. Mm -hmm. But financially, to add financial stress on top of emotional stress, I think, really can affect uh, how whether a person is able to last longer, whether a person's able just to, to, to be at peace versus having that stress of, you know, I'm dealing with this disease and now I'm also dealing with the fact that, like, you know, I can't send my kids to school or I can't pay my electric bill. I want people to know that they have potential for that. Uh, Tom, can you just uh, let me know, let us know, what's the process like if someone is in this kind of situation they don't know kind of what to do and what, what things are happening? It, what, what happens if they give the, you a call? The, the, they, first, they give me a call and we take some information and we, we find out about what what the issues are. And let's, just, let's assume just for because it's topical that we're dealing with someone who has ALS and can't work anymore because of it. The first thing I'm going to suggest is apply for social security disability. You have to apply. It's the first step in the process. Um, but if you have a if you have a diagnosis of ALS, your chances of that being fast tracked and improved are are exceptional because they 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 understand that they understand it now and they understand that if you have it now if you've never seen a doctor, if you don't have a diagnosis, just assume you have then it might be a little bit of a longer process. But if we're dealing with an actual diagnosis of ALS, I would suggest that everybody who once was once working and now is not because of ALS, apply for it. And and again, you can do that alone with our help. You know, it's not, I'm not here to say you need an attorney for this. I'm saying we're here for you if you do need us. And you know, that's that's the most important. And and if an individual with ALS gets denied, there's a, there's appeal processes and we appeal it and eventually we can go in front of a judge if we need to. But again, I don't know if that's going to be necessary if you have a diagnosis of ALS. I actually think you should be approved rather quickly. And then like you said, we, we know a lot of um, fathers and mothers who have had ALS with young children find out about the other benefits that exist. Yeah, if, if, if you have ALS and you have a child under 18 and you're found disabled, you get benefits and your child gets benefits until they turn 18. So and there's, it's, it's a big help. And as a father myself, you know, that's the biggest fear is knowing what's – because, you know, when it's yourself, you're like, well, I can deal with myself. Exactly right. And you want to help out as much as you can. And, I, you know, I just did my taxes. Really, my wife did it, and I sat next <laughs> to her at the computer. But those can be complicated. So having someone that can help you with sometimes a complicated, stressful process yeah. is always very – Yeah, I, I think that's probably the, the best piece that we offer people. It's just let us do it for you. Um, you have enough to worry about. Mm -hmm. um, but – you know, it, everybody's different. Some people say, oh, I want to try, and if I get denied, I'll call you. That's fine, too. Um, we, I just want to make sure people know it's out there. Yeah. The worst thing that can happen is that somebody has ALS, never applies, and it was available to them. I just would not want to see that happen. Great. Yeah. So you want to come to the walk. You want to have a good presence. Let people know about your own family story. Absolutely. You want them to be educated about um, the benefits that they've earned and deserve if they have ALS. And so you're going to be contributing money as a sponsor. What do you hope that your contribution is going to do for people with ALS? Uh, patient services, I think, would be you know something that I understand would be very helpful. I mean, obviously, the, the ice bucket challenge was great for the ALS, and I think that really helped with funding for for testing and for treatment. But I would love that if what we contribute could help patients and, and their families in any way. You know, mm -hmm. obviously, I'll leave it to the experts on how that would happen. I'm just well, that's the answer I want. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> it's a lot better when people say, yeah, you I'm know, tell you what to do with it. <laughs> I don't want to tell people what to do. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I tell Brenda or them, you're like, you're the expert. Yeah. You know, you're, you're a nurse. I'm just. Exactly right. How did I get here? Uh, so, 
well, you want to encourage other people. I, I'm sure you'll tell you'll have a positive experience with the event, absolutely, and being connected with the chapter. So you'll tell you know a couple people. <laughs> we have a few, we have a few clients, don't we? Yeah, I'm sure and you'll we, help spread the word about ALS. We, we're our our firm is very big with social media. Mm-hmm. Um, we're happy to spread the word for any events that you have. Uh, you know, all simple email to me, and we'll make sure that we let our client base know what you guys are doing because we obviously believe it's such a great cause. Yeah. And Eric, before we wrap up here, that's one of the nice things about sponsors is that people know, very few people only know like one other person. Yeah. Uh, so when a sponsor comes on, they're able to connect with a lot of other sponsors and bring more people to the table. It just keeps growing that base of support. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we have some uh, national sponsors who end up having uh, local folks. Uh, last year, Acme was a corporate recruitment chair for our uh, Greater Philadelphia Walk. And who does Acme know? Every vendor that <laughs> right. sells things in an Acme, and um, so that was great. Dan Croce was the uh, was the chair for that event. It was a great opportunity, and he knows lots of people who then kind of come into the fold, and, and that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, we didn't get Wiley Coyote to come, but maybe next <laughs> right. year. I'm sure they never like hearing that right. joke. So, but but I say it, I'll edit myself. So. <laughs> Uh, so we'd love to get your help on there, Absolutely. and we look forward to having you there. Is there anything else that you want people to know about, um, you know, your strong commitment to ALS? No, I, I just want anybody to, if they have a question, it's if they're, it's always it's always a consultation that's free. I don't want anybody to be scared to call. I'm yeah. happy to answer anybody's questions, even at the event. If you see me at the event, um, just Or any event, because you're going to be at a event. funeral. Exactly right. Uh, just talk to me, and I'll be happy to at least put you in the right direction. Well, that's one of the things we're hoping to do here at our events and at the chapter generally is to make sure people are less scared with a very difficult diagnosis of ALS. So if you want to join uh, Pond Lahaki Stern Giordano and support a walk to defeat ALS, you can get in touch with us. Go to uh, www.alsphiladelphia.org. Um, you can go to www.gpcwalktodefeatals.org. That's GPC for Greater Philadelphia Chapter. Of course, look for us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. And um, I think there's a few others in there. So uh, to help spread the word about ALS. Tom, thanks so much for sharing your story and for helping the ALS cause. My pleasure. Thank you.